0: Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piskor. Man, Ed, we are looking at like one of the all-time great cartoonists, especially for like black-and-white crime noir kind of comics with uh, Jose Munoz and Carlos Sampea's Alex Sinner. Uh, Before we dive into those, quick shout-out to everybody at home. We are cartoonists. These are some of our latest books. Uh, Ed Piskor's Red Room, the Antisocial Network collection, is now available wherever books are sold. Uh, Bookstores, comic book shops, online, and... uh, pick this one up sooner rather than later. We are facing paper shortages in the world, and who knows when the second printings of this thing will be out. So if you see this on your local comic shop, make sure and grab it, maybe grab two of them. Grab one for your friend who is a horror fan, because this is uh, Outlaw Comics at its finest. And uh, anybody who's into horror is probably going to be interested to take a look at Red Room. This is the perfect format for that. So pick it up now, a lot of great back material, even if you kept up with your single issues. How awesome is this? A behind the scenes uh, first draft of the story. This is the stuff I ate up as kids. A director style commentary, page by page, uh, giving some notes for this. So fanographics, good job on their, on their book collection and uh, grab that wherever books are sold. You can pick up Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, um, one of my latest books collecting the adventures of the homeless ninja skateboarder as she uh, battles to survive from dumpster diving to fighting all the local ninjas, saving stray dogs. Eight complete stories in this collection of the Image Comics Street Angel series, in full color, as you can see, and also available wherever comics and books are sold. But the name of the game today, Ed, is Sinner and uh, Alex Sinner. Two ex-Argentinian cartoonists that meet in Europe, you know, they, they flee Argentina around the time of, like, uh, Osterheld, you know, his uh, his disappearance, you know, very politically, uh, during a time of political unrest in Argentina's history, but I, uh, a country known for some really good cartoonists coming out of there. We think of Brescia. We've looked at some of his work in the past. Um, not one of the great comics to come out of Argentina. But uh, these two cartoonists, they move out of Argentina, and they meet in Europe, and they start producing Sinner in the 70s. And, you uh, it's been collected in different places. Probably the first place that it was printed in the US was in Raw Magazine. Yeah. Uh, a couple of these stories appeared in Raw Volume 3 and 6. And then you see fanographics on the cover of Sinner. This is how I found Sinner. Yeah, me um, too. Late 80s into the early 90s. Uh, Kim Thompson Project, I believe. You know, I think he probably did translations for this. But this appealed to me because I started looking at black and white comics and this is some of the best of the black and white comics so i thought we could just kind of flip through these are uh the latest editions that i'm aware of in english from idw and uh, dean Mullaney's, you know working working overtime at idw bringing us some of the all-time great comics so thanks to him on this one but we often talk about book design these are spectacular this is a kind of a newsprint like paper that these are printed on I can't think of a better treatment for this kind of artwork, and Absolutely. I'm just going to kind of flip through, and we can we can riff and talk about uh, talk about these comics because, you know, when we talked to Klaus Janssen, he mentioned this is a cartoonist that he keeps near his drawing table. I think, I think uh, Munoz had a big impact on a lot of the '80s uh, cartoonists in yeah, America.
1: Yeah, I think so, man. Like I'm I'm taking a look at uh, at issue one uh, from from the uh, the Fantagraphics edition, and we're looking at Sampeo and. Munoz sitting there with, I don't know, editor or something like that? No,
0: this, that's Sinner. There's a story where they, they're like following him around to get, you know, uh, <laughs> story ideas. When you see, uh, there's no reason to
1: bury the lead, man. Uh, when you see these ink lines like that, these confident ink lines, you think Frank Miller.
0: Absolutely. You
1: know, so, so this, is a, this is an integral part of the Sin City soup. And first paragraph, man, who's Munoz? He's a student of Hugo Pratt and Alberto Brescia.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, and I think he started whenever he was about 14. Like, he he studied under them at a very young age. Born in
1: 1942, first published strip
0: 1959. Wow. So, kind of knew what what he was doing from the get-go, you know, a uh, precocious talent, if you will.
1: Yeah, like, it's this kind of stuff, man. You know, like, you can't call it a dumb line, but it's definitely this very confident, fast gritty like you can imagine the crow quill catching some paper fiber as uh he's bringing it across the page and pulling some up and he just doesn't care like it doesn't matter
0: spectacular use of like spotting blacks and shadows and also uh and you'll see it as as we flip is like the care catcher element you know like so many of these characters are a little bit cartoonish um you know pushing pushing who they are uh sinner a perfect noir hero you know he he was an ex policeman and he leaves the police because of corruption
1: he's uh he's like uh frank Serpico kind of kind of character man there's that the thin blue line, and all the all the guys are in business for themselves, and he's the one kind of hippie
0: and constantly in a state of uh, not doing well, <laughs> you know, these characters. This is a New York City that uh, they depicted before they ever traveled to New York City, which I kind of like, you know, like there's there's that kind of a history of uh, New York is this, you know, almost like we know it from movies and stuff or, or people know it from, you know, movies and media. As,
1: as, as far as this first issue is concerned of the Fantagraphics, they never, they've they never been to New York. So it's completely f- this idea of pop culture and uh Paio, like, admits that the big city has metaphor, like like New York is shorthand for just the urban jungle.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it feels right in that 70s kind of urban depiction. You know, crime is everywhere, threats are everywhere. It's a fallen world that, uh, that Alex Sinner lives in. And, you know, very inventive in the things that he's depicting, right? Like a stage show is something to draw eye candy you know, as we're watching these characters moving through crowds. It's very inventive in that regard. And Sampeo, I don't believe, wrote comics before this. You know, I think once he hooks up with Munoz and, you know, they're two uh, ex-Argentinians, they connect you know, on a personal level and with the works that they enjoy, and the comics come out of that. But I I don't think Sampeo's background was comics writer. I could believe that.
1: (laughs) Because I reading this first issue, it's like, yeah, okay.
0: Look at some of this drawing, like that guy's glasses, the facial expressions. He really pushes that I feel funny calling it cartoony. You know, that's that's the way I would describe whenever you exaggerate some of these features. But in his hands, it feels like something else. Like Check it feels like out. expressive drawing.
1: Like that's Dwight during like big big fat dude. hundred percent. A hundred percent. That drapery, the way that he's communicating, and with just like the thick pulls of black. I remember we did the uh, I think the Tim Truman shoot interview where he's talking about something that Beset taught him. Uh, you spot your blacks first, meaning just. Yeah. Put black areas down on the paper first and, th- and then do your lines. And you feel like maybe he does that, you know, like, like maybe this weird mark got inked before any of the lines and stuff, you know, these weird marks, they just get made. It's really
0: a smart way to work. You, you go, Work with your biggest tool first. Drop in the biggest spots, you know, compositionally. Love all the lettering. I feel like the lettering is shorthand for that, um, for an urban setting, sure. you know, the, the signage and stuff in the background. Big fan of that. How about these screens? Uh, you know, we talk often about Chaykin and Miller using screens and things, but this may predate both of theirs. Look at that for a background, man. Central Park. And then
1: there will be a healthy amount. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of Miller in the context of the time that he might have discovered this work. Because that feels
0: I, like page layouts right out of some of the Sin City stuff it, Miller's doing. Exactly.
1: And I, don't, I didn't see any of them in the stuff that we were checking out, but there's a lot of these, like, captions down the side with, like, big images two, three panel pages. Yeah, uh, that
0: really feels like Miller.
1: This, like, I don't know if the if, if these are, like, they're in here. Are they the same structure in terms of page layout and stuff?
0: I, I believe that they are. I, I think that that story is a little bit atypical, you know, like if you pull out other Sinner magazines, I think that structure is not, um, well, you know, I can pull one out. Like this one's fun because it has uh, it has our our heroes are the cartoonists, oh, so yeah. you get to see them on the covers there, you know, working on their story. But you can see it's a tighter, you know, it's a tighter piece. This feels exactly like a Sin City lift, right? Like how many how many dancers did Miller draw that were complete silhouettes except for a couple of details of clothing that would be uh, would stand out in white. You know, yeah. it's kind of a perfect per- perfect page for that. It's even the centerfold. Like, this would be the page that would open up on Miller's desk, be sitting there on his drawing table. But again, with this kind of abstraction, and, um, you know, if you're watching this at home, if you're if you're in awe of these cartoonists, and I encourage that that's the right reaction, um, you might want to pick these up. I've heard that this is getting very low print run, and uh, I don't know how much, you know, whether that's something that would be reprinted or not. But paper-wise, this reminds me of the Fourth World reprints. Whenever DC had their misprinting of Jack Kirby's fourth world hardcovers and it was that beautiful beautiful painting or uh, beautiful printing Um, this is this similar kind of feeling I don't know if it's actually newsprint I think it's just an uncoated gray paper stock but it's perfect for this work because it's so pulpy yeah you know like you can almost feel like there's something getting on your thumb you know as you're turning the pages and stuff this whole page I mean you know look at that for a silhouette face it's about as far as you can push uh, push these cartoon forms and still be readable but he, he stocks these different locations um, you know one of the other places that his work appeared was Catalan printed a Joe's bar and Joe's bar is where Alec hangs out you know, it's like his local uh, local watering hole. And again, you can see him doing inventive mark making. It's not just the giant brush. He also has that pen tool that he's coming in and putting some of these details in.
1: This is that slick paper, and the lines feel thinner. And I, I just love the way the ink is absorbed on that newsprinty. Yeah. Kind of paper. The
0: one thing with these is the blacks are black. Yeah. This is like, uh, you know, this is a moonless night that you're looking looking at the blacks on these pages. But again, inventive artist, you know, and I can't help but think of a guy like Brescia whenever you see this kind of approach to, uh, you know, abstract this figure a little bit.
1: Sphincter ears. <laughs> Look at that face. I know.
0: <laughs> that's a Dick Tracy, you know, that's that's coming out of Chester Gold School there. Wow. And I don't know, man, you know, six, eight hundred pages of this stuff exists in in a pretty easy to access format out there. So I don't know what else to say. You know, this guy is a revelation and it's kind of cool that he's been being printed in English. You know, like I said, these stories are from the 70s, but he's been being imported by several different publishers in the States since the early 80s. You know, I think when people come in contact with this, he's a drawer. Yeah. And that's a rare thing in comics. These guys that really just, you can just stare at their drawings. I think David Mazzucchelli, when I see some of these things, you know, I mean, like...
1: When we see that, when he starts playing with a brush, yeah, yeah, for sure. But when we're in this, like, gritty, you know, like, let me just go back to some of the old stuff. Um, the, this pen and ink, it,
0: I think of uh, Taiyo Matsumoto. Mmm, that's a good call. I never make that connection. Now it's, it's perfect when you say that. I was thinking, like, Edward uh, R- Rizzo. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: for sure.
0: You know, it's one of those guys that I think his influence is is pretty major uh, in comics. Keith
1: Giffen?
0: (laughs) Giffen got (laughs) in some trouble with this stuff. I was going to pull out, if you want to see, you know, Keith Giffen swiped some panels from this and was called out for it, uh, probably by the Comics Journal and other places. And one of the uh, books you can find that in is his Fate miniseries. Like, Alex Sinner's in Fate. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, (laughs) It's not just a compositional lift. That's kind of cool drawing. Uh, it's literally like, you know, panels being being put in there. So very, very, uh, I can't say under the radar, but a very profound influence, I think, on American comics once this starts to enter the market in the 80s. You
1: know, once again, cartoonist, cartoonist kind of thing. Stuff like
0: dreaming and seeing that that train bus coming through his mind as he's asleep.
1: They would always use sinner uh, imagery in house ads in, in Fanta books. And certainly a lot of the earliest Fanta books... Fantagraphics comics that, that I got my hands on and the artwork was so scary and ugly like I, I had to like grow into like even looking at a Sinner comic because it was just too far removed from what I knew to be comics or something growing up.
0: That's a good point. That scary thing
1: really works whenever you're doing a comic that should feel a little more adult. Because it would be this image you know and and like you know that looks to a little kid who's used to slick kind of imagery and you see that like that could be a prison drawing or something
0: not only that it looks like somebody that you might see and probably steer clear of yeah, this is totally. not a guy who's got patience for a kid yeah yeah this is he... uh, this is somebody you, you 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 walk a wide berth around this guy okay, he's got the face of a pug absolutely yeah not not Fugilist. interested in uh, yeah not, not, uh, not interested dog. in in uh, playing nice with the kids or anything like that but wild wild drawing and like I said, IDW, Dean Mullaney, like they did it with these. These yeah. are really good presentations of, of uh, a, a very influential and specific artist, a stylist.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for so, sure. Really awesome.
0: Some of my favorites from uh, from the import comics of, of the eighties, the black and white stuff of the eighties, like he, he crosses over a lot of these different areas that I'm interested in. I saw your IDS sticker on your center. Yeah. I can't imagine where I got mine. Like they, they came from some discount somewhere, you know, a flea market find or something of that along those lines which it was like you know when i'm about 1415 looking for comics and you find this that's quite an image yes, that's, that's quite know. a cover you know <laughs> hard to ignore that kind of thing let me give shouts
1: to dean Mullaney for sneaking the eclipse logo in and the euro comics How about piece that? as well man i like that little
0: little a little, uh, little callback for uh, Mullaney. i thought Mullaney might have printed these original ones at eclipse and uh, and you know realized it was fanographics <laughs> but you know, more testament to uh, to Munoz and Sampeo that they are printed by all these different people. Art Spiegelman, you know, does the introduction on uh, on Joe's Bar. So publish them in in raw. Maybe that was
1: the first time that Munoz's work shows up in America probably. in raw.
0: You know, and these are these are your big style, uh, you know, like lighthouses. These are the, the the companies, the influential companies that are bringing. Who are the top cartoonists? Who should you be seeing? And uh, several of them reaching for once they see see Munoz and Sanpeo, being like, yeah, let's uh, let's publish some of that stuff here.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Awesome to look at. Uh, maybe sometime in the future we'll crack open like a full story and, and yeah, and get in. And
0: it would definitely be worth like doing that. You know, it's it's overwhelming. Like I've, I've been wanting to put this stuff on here forever. And you know, again, eight hundred, thousand pages of this stuff. Where do you begin? Uh, this is just an overview, but doing one story would be a good way to kind of get into the nuts and bolts of what makes the these, um, memorable comics and comics that have now stood the time test the time 50 years 50 years these comics
1: we're getting old jimmy
0: we are <laughs> they still look new
1: <laughs> it's good stuff man k Fabers, like follow subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell we'll notify you when new vids are available what's out there jimmy
0: join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can download a dozen out of print zines and mini comics you can see a bunch of my original art layouts scripts the process that i make street angel plain janes octobriana and more that's all at patreon.com slash jimrug
1: Red Room the Anti-Social Network trade paper back in stores today Uh, go to your local comic shop scoop it up man if you're in a pinch grab it off Amazon they are going quickly Uh, if you see it grab it because you can't take for granted it's gonna be on the shelf the next time you're in the comic shop and uh, it's gonna take a while for those reprints to to happen put in that pre-order for Red Room trigger warnings while you're at it Uh, it was gonna come out in December but those paper shortages there's some real deal stuff and that comic has been pushed back six weeks to February. Uh, gives you plenty of time to get that put on your pull list, and I'd like to see them uh, get sold out on, on on day one. All these links are on my link tree in the description below this video. Jimmy, what else do
0: we have? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Fabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Cafe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. All right, give them those merchant
1: orders, man. We're gonna be on our way.
0: Read more comics.